God bless you, God bless you, and God bless you, people of God. Welcome again to your number one podcasting show, CBT Change by Truth, where I'm your host, Minister DK, and I'm not here to excite you about what might be in your life, but to invite you to what shall be in your life. Hey, look, I'm so excited because now we're actually moving into season two. This is season two of this podcast, and I'm so excited because God has played it on my heart to share with you the remainder in all of this season, something that's going to excite you, motivate you, stimulate you, and move you into a greater you within you. And the thing that we're going to talk about in this season is you. We're going to talk about you and the favor you have, the power you have, and the, and, and the authority you have, and everything that God has given you, knowing, God knowing who you are, what you are, where you've been, what you've done, how you failed, how you've messed up. God knowing all those things, he still chose you to carry his name and his power. So grab your faith, open your heart and get ready. Season two, we're coming and we're talking about you. So get ready. God's got a message and a blessing for you. God bless you. Good afternoon. Great day. I pray that all is well in your life. I pray that you're smiling because you know that God has great things for you. This is Minister DK, CBT Changed by Truth. And I'm here to just share with you another inspiring moment that God has really laid upon um, my heart for the people of God. Um, I want to ask you something. And and I, I give this to you in the form of a riddle. Roses are red, violets are blue. Do you truly know why God loves you? I want you to think about that because there's some things that I'm going to share with you that's going to reveal to your heart and your mind why God loves you the way he does. Now, now, now keep in mind what I'm going to share with you is going to challenge what you've heard, maybe even what you believe, because one of the things that challenge us with the love of God is the information that we have concerning ourselves as a child of God. So again, roses are red, violets are blue. You're going to be surprised how much God loves you. Stay tuned. I'm coming for you. Glory to God. Well, this is CBT Change by Truth. I'm your host, Minister DK, and I'm just having a wonderful time today. It is Tuesday, March the 2nd, and I have had a trying uh, week thus far. Um, I've had some things that have happened that could have taken my life and some other people's life just yesterday. And I was talking to a brother whom I love with everything that I have. You know, sometimes God will put people in your life. To stir up the gift in your life. And this brother calls me and he calls me not every day, but he calls me sporadically. And we had a conversation and the conversation that we had was literally spirit changing. And 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 he said that you ought to share this 
with the people. And I said, I think I'll do that. So I had to get off the phone and come before God and you and share this with you. Let me ask you a question. Do you love God? I pray your answer is yes. And if I ask you the second question, why do you love God? You, you could probably give me a reason or two why you really love him. But if I was to ask you this third question, why does God love you? That in itself has a lot to do with us coming into the power of Jesus Christ. Notice how I said coming into the power now of Jesus Christ, what he gave for us will challenge you, but reveal to you at the same time why he loves you. Let me read. To you, this is the basis of this message that I want to read. It's John three sixteen, a verse known all the way around the world. And it says that. Um, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whomever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son to the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he is not believed in the name of God's one and only son. And I really want to talk about not all of that. I just want to use the first part for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And so I don't want to talk about God in that verse. I don't want to talk about his only begotten son in that verse. We know that God and his son are the most two miraculous, powerful entities known forever and will always be. But to touch your heart, I want to talk about a word in that verse that nobody talks about. I want to talk about the word so, for God so loved. This day and time now when we deal with the love of God and loving God and while God loves us, without even knowing it, every uh, every mind, every heart calculates naturally while we think that God loves us. And so now we go to church and we hear the word of God and uh, we have the principles of God and we fast for God and we pray believing God. We treat our brothers right. We esteem others higher than ourselves. We do good deeds for people. Uh, we act Christian when we can. We ask God to forgive us of our sins. And a lot of times we we we, we get close to God by getting up at two and three o'clock in the morning and praying. And many people now going to ministerial school and we're getting degrees and we're getting collars around our neck. And we're doing a lot of things that in the earth seem to be that makes our life Holy, And if you don't watch it, you will think 
that the things that you do to get closer to God, supposedly, or to know God, supposedly, or to to be right with God, supposedly, if you don't watch those things, you will allow yourself to believe that those things are the reason why you're so anointed, you're so gifted, you're you're favored, you're a child of God, and most, most importantly, you will begin to believe that that's why God loves you. Because now you do the things of God. You do the things of God. God favors you and you get favor everywhere you go because you're just so wonderful. And you're in church every Sunday, two or three times a Sunday. And you shout and you run and you come to the altar and you do the things that's upright before people. And you will believe that the love of God stays on you and stands on you because of your deeds. Hallelujah. But all I have to say to you in that light is so. God never looked at that thing. He never looked at what you do. Uh, You got to think about it. If he loves you because you do those things. The question I asked you then. Why did he love you when you didn't know him? Think about it. If he loves you in your mind because of your righteous life or because of the things you do, because you carry your Bible in your car, because you say, God bless, I'm highly and, and I'm highly favored by God. And you have all of the quotes and you run in church and you dress nice and you do all the things and you wipe oil all over your body. If he loves you because you do those things, then why did he love you when you didn't understand those things and you didn't know him? And that's the reason that you have to come to grips because I, I, I understand this. The love of God flows so deep until he had to become like you and me in order to get our attention. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. He had to become sin for your sin, sicknesses for our sicknesses, for God to get you and love you. He had to put on sin to have a ticket to hell. And when he got to hell, he took off not his sin, but he took off you and I. He took off me and your sin. It was a sin covering and he redeemed us out of hell. He loves us when we were hell bound. He he loves us when you were not thinking about God. He loves you When you were not chasing God or doing the things of God. He loves you when you were not trying to be a minister of God, but a minister of the world, of of your flesh and of Satan. Oh, you didn't claim that you worship Satan, but your life smelled like it. And he loved you. You can't figure that thing out. And what I love about it is that many people, we go to church to learn the word of God. See, as you begin, I remember, God help me, I, I love my grandmother because my grandmother raised me. And, and I come to understand in her latter days, I would sit down and I would talk with my grandmother 
And sitting down and talking with my grandmother before she left the earth was like sitting in the presence of God. It, it was it was like sitting and, and, and I would it, it would be so strong on me sitting in her presence that, that I would even watch what I said to her because it's like I had to say the right thing because I could feel the holiness of her relationship with God. And that's a wonderful thing. But my grandmother was 80 some years old at that time. But I remember hearing stories from other family members of when my grandmother, and even from my grandmother when she was in her young years. That same presence was not there in her young years. No, it wasn't. Because what's going on, I had to learn from talking to my grandmother that as we are young, we, we live our lives with the respect of learning and growing, understanding and knowing. Gaining and then showing what we've learned. The reason why the presence of God was so strong on my grandmother when she was in her older years is because as she had lived through her experiences, through her falls, through her shortcomings, through her downfalls, through her mess ups, as she learned and she grew, she came to love God enough to love him more than the things that she loved about herself and that she wanted to do. So as you live in life, you become holier and you become holy. But you can't become holy by doing things to get God's love. You have to grow in love with God. And the more you grow in love with God, the more you know God, the more you know God, the more you can reveal God. Hallelujah. Do you understand how much he loves you? Watch this. I, I, re, I remember some time ago, three years ago, I went on a retreat with another church, a man's retreat. And it was a different church I had never been with before. And it was a different experience. And I'm a minister and I'm there. And, you know, these people are treating me kind. It was a multicultural church. They had they had Caucasians. They had Afro-American. They had Asian. They had African. They literally had every spectrum of life there. Young people and older people mixed together. A beautiful experience. And I remember one time a young man was preaching and he was looking at me, but he was saying that God loves you. Oh, he he loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. He said, God loves you so much that if you was to get up from this retreat and say, I'm done with God, I don't want nothing else to do with God. I'm going to worship another God. He said, do you realize that God would still love you? He would love you even if you didn't love him. And when he said that, I said, my Jesus, I watch this. I'm a minister. And it had never dawned on me that if I didn't love God no more, if I didn't worship him, if I didn't pray to him, if I didn't lift my hands to him, if I didn't care to worship and acknowledge God, the Bible says that he still loves me. That makes no sense to my mind. But his love is powerful. It's powerful because I had sat in church so much and listened to so many sermons and so many illustrations and so many words. And I've come to realize that nobody, everybody was preaching such a word, but nobody were really telling people the depth of God's love. That there's nothing you can do to turn him away. And even if you turn away, he still stands there and waits for you to come back. 
My God. So why does God love you the way he does? Why does he love me the way he does? What causes him to extend his mercy, his grace, his favor, his power, his authority, his word and his blood to us? And we keep messing up because it's through your mess ups that he reveals that he loves you. It's through your folly that he reveals he loves you. It's through your failure to know his word that he reveals that he knows you. It's through your inability to control yourself that he knows that he loves you. But if you keep listening to people preach stuff that makes you forget the value of the love of Jesus Christ and how he took on your weakness to bring you into his greatness, You will try to prove by deed, by connection with people, by position in church, by how much you pray and how much you fast. You will try to prove to yourself that because you do those things, God loves you. And the reality of it is there are people out here who don't go to church, who are homeless, who don't have anything. And I can take you to a couple of them. And if you sit down and have a conversation with them, you will still feel the presence of God on them like I did my grandmother. Because it's not of deed that God loves you. So why does he love you? Because he loves you with the soul. For God so loved the world. He so loved the world. Let's look at this real easy. The world is why he gave his son. His son represents righteousness at the elite highest level there could ever be. It is the it is the glory of perfection. His son is the immaculacy of 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 perfection. You you can't get nothing higher than his son, the expressed image of God and the glory of God put in flesh. He gave that up and allowed it to be killed because he loved the world. Now, me and you represent the world. Oh, don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about because as much as you love God, there's some things in the world that you love. There's some things within yourself that you love. There's some things that you have outside of the kingdom of God that you still love, that you still do, that you still think about, that you still struggle with. And the reason why God can love you with those things in your life is because he doesn't love you. He so loved you. (laughs) Ah, Glory to God. He he so loved you. He said, why is so, so important? Why is that so important? You better be thankful to God that he so loved you and he just didn't love you. Because many of us have people in our lives that we say we love that we confess that we love and it just as soon as they do something that really challenges it challenges our our love and our understanding and it and it brings it brings strife to 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 our perception our love becomes frail but Jesus so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so let me set your mind up so let's act like we're we're in the courtroom in heaven and there's the seven spirits of God on the jury on the jury stand. The seven spirits of God. And then the Father, God Jehovah, sets, he sets in the in the judge seat. 
And then there's Jesus Christ, who is the advocate that we have with the father. He represents your lawyer and the Holy Ghost who goes to get all things and brings them back to your remembrance. He's the paralegal for Jesus. And then you have Satan and his angels as the persecutor. They're the ones bringing the charge against you. Glory to God. You see it. And then they bring you into the courtroom. And when they get you into another courtroom and get you in front of God, the devil begins to play everything about you that's true. Everything about you that's that you've done wrong. Everything about you that you said out of your mouth against the God. Everything about you that you've done in your flesh. Everything about you that was perverted. Everything about you that was carnal. Everything about you that was wayward. Everything about you that, that was dark in your life and demonic and deceptive. He tells the truth in front of God about you and I. And then Satan does this number. He makes it real because he says, and your honor, with all of this proof, they claim the name of Jesus. <laughs> They're saved. Knowing your law and your word, they still say they are Christian and they have a track record like this. Jesus stands up and he says, Father, taking in consideration all the facts that's against my child, I understand that they have done this and they have done that. I understand they have done this and they've said that. I understand that they fought these things and they hung out with this person. I understand they were weak in this area. Even after coming out of church, they still went back into some of the vomit that they had and consumed their old life. I understand Jesus said that they have a not just an anointing to preach, but they have an anointing to backslide. I understand that their mind wanders sometimes and all of this. But Lord, considering all of that, well, because now. These facts are true. Jesus looks at the father and says, so I love him. Did you get that? So I love him. There's nothing that you can do with a God that loves you with a soul. Oh, glory to God, because if the soul was not there, there would not be an amendment of grace. God understands the weakness of the flesh that you have. And what we do this day and time is that we try to prove that he loves us by living holy, being holy, churching. And that's wonderful. Not coming against going to church. It's supposed to be your, your love for God. The more you love him, the more you want to become. But watch this. Don't get twisted. Just because you love God so much and you're trying to actually clean up your life, which is a good thing. That's not why he loves you. He loves you because he loves you. He loves you because he loves you. He loves you with a soul. You can't do nothing with nobody who so loves you. You have to watch them people that loves you now. Uh, you have to watch the people that loves you. They love you based on the day of the week, based on how good they feel, based on if there's a credit or, 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 or uh, 
a credit or a debt with you. They love you if you're going to cause them to to prosper or to fail. They even love you if you're going to do what they ask you to do or you're going to come against and do something that you want to do that God's telling you, whatever it may be. But when God loves you, he so loved you. The soul loves you, helps him, helps you not to offend God. Oh, even if you don't love him, he loves you. Even if you walk away from him, he walks towards you. Even if you decide to leave him, he follows you. Even if you close your mouth toward him, he opens his heart towards you. Even if you deny to look at him and acknowledge him, he still speaks and prays and intercedes for you. What can you do with a God that loves you and you know yourself that you don't deserve that love, but he still so loves you? Glory be to God. I'm coming to tell you under the authority of an illumination of the word of God. Don't try to live holy, be holy, speak holy, whatever the case may be. A lot of problem with the people of God today is we're trying to be holy. We're trying to live holy. And I've come to understand that if you just live and live your life. With God in your heart, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to fall down. You're going to get lost. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get dropped. You're going to get deceived. But if you just live, not try to live, if you just live, you'll find yourself becoming holy in God. Because it's through the trials and the darknesses and the valley of the shadows of death that you learn that there's nothing you can do to prove God's love. But your only challenge in life, knowing who you are, is to learn how to accept his love. People are convicted because they know more about what they do. And when you're stuck on knowing yourself, that causes you now to deed yourself up, to do so much to cover yourself in a holy perspective for people like God love you. He don't love you because of what you do. It's not of works that no man can boast, but it's the gift of eternal life that comes from Christ. It gives us a right to walk into the throne room of grace and stand before the throne of grace and hold your head up and say, because he so loved me as raggedy as I am, as sinful as I am, as broken as I am. There's nobody in the flesh that can verify why he loves me like he does. And the fact that I'm still here with my jacked up self is the reason why I know there's a soul when it comes to his love. Glory to God. I'm not telling you to live rugged, but I'm telling you to acknowledge that in your ruggedness, there's a rugged cross for you. I'm not telling you to live in dark places, but I'm telling you to acknowledge that however deep you get in your dark places, Jesus will come into your dark place grab you, give you illumination and lead you out without becoming the darkness that you struggle with. He's a merciful God. 
He's a hand for the potter, the clay. He's a hand for the clay. He's a shepherd for the sheep. He's a father for the child. He's a Lord for his people. And he's a lover for you and I. Why does he love you? Because he does. And when you stop trying to prove that, when you stop getting convicted about what you know about yourself and understand that he went to hell to get what you and I messed up and breathe on you, you will learn to live your life and listen to the voice of God within you and walk your life out. And you will find out that the reason that God loves you is because he knows you. He knows you. No other reason, but he knows you. You ain't got to be nobody else. Be yourself. In your good and your bad. In your ups and your downs. In your lights and your darknesses. The most valuable thing that an individual can do is to be themselves. And when you be yourself, you'll understand how deep God's love is because it takes a God to so love you to go to the depths of hell, to get out of hell what you let go in hell yourself. Father, I thank you. And I ask in the name of your only begotten, perfect, miraculous, majestic son, Jesus the Christ, that you let this word pierce the heart of those who are struggling to understand the truth of your love. Let them realize, God, it's not of works that none of us can boast. It's not of it's not a prayer life and fast life or going to church. It's none of that things that make you love us, God, for you would love us. Even if we didn't love you for you loved us when we didn't have you, we didn't confess you, we didn't want you, we didn't claim you, we didn't acknowledge you. You still loved us and you waited until we decided to call your name. And Father, I thank you that no demon in hell, no witch in the world, no individual in the flesh can verify or approve how you love us. It is through our mess that we realize that we are your masterpiece. And I thank you. Let this word break every yoke over every person that listens, God. Let them begin to lift their head up and understand that they can walk in the assurance of salvation. And even those who are not saved, let them know they're still here because you love, because you gave yourself for the world so you can bring us into the kingdom of God. I bless you, God. And I give you glory. I shoot this word like a javelin. That it destroy the mindset that Satan has in the mind of people, that leaders have in the mind of people, that twisted doctrines have in the mind of people, God. Let your love saturate, illuminate God and set free the people of God to see you and only you worship you, acknowledge you, come to know you. For who you are to them 
in the name that is higher than any name. This I decree, I declare, and I proclaim that your love, God, is not just a love, but you so love us. And because you so love us, we can live our lives and become holy and learn to love you more than the holes that we have in our life. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Holy One of God. Amen and amen. People of God, I pray that your life and your heart and your mind was touched. I pray that you understand that in Christ we live, we move, and we have our being. In Christ is your life. In him you have victory. In him there's satisfaction. In him there's power to keep anything that he gives you. In him we have what we have been promised. The love of God. And it is the love of God that breaks the yoke of everything that is not of God. Be strong people of God. Love just like God loves you. For the strongest and most powerful commandment is to love God with all your heart, all your mind and your soul. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. For through love, we find that we can speak, give, and declare the preciousness of Jesus Christ. Because when that truth comes, everything changes. Because change only happens by truth. God bless you. God bless you, people of God. I just want to know before we leave, I just want to share something with you that the Lord allowed me to um, experience and write. And it goes so perfect along with this podcast. It's called A So Loved Love. One love, two loves, our love, God's love. Only because he so loved can we love another with divine love. To truly love is to possess his love and know the difference between the two loves. Our love is frail, a conditional love, but God's love is permanent, an agape love. A so loved love is an anointed love, full of love, kindness, joy, and grace from above. It forgives us all for not following through and not doing the things that God loves should do. One love, two loves, thank God for his love and all the things that he loves us through. It's because of God's love that Christ died for you and gave himself because the Father so loved you. Remember that. It's a wrap when it comes to God. There's nothing you can do but learn in this life to accept what he has chosen to do, and that is love you without reason. God bless you.